0: Hello everybody, welcome back. Please do come in and make yourself comfortable in the board game review room from the GMS Magazine podcast channel. This is a podcast in which we sit down around the table, play a game for the first time and tell you exactly what we think about it. And with we, I mean me, myself, I am Paco Garcia, your host. And I am in the rather illustrious company of... I'm Cesare Patterson.
1: Michael Chamberlain. Max Murray
0: and today is a solemn game which is why we haven't started with any kind of nonsense that we normally do today we're going to play SOS Titanic from one of my darling companies I have to say Ludonaut it's a a French company I am very very fond of I'm very fond of the games I am very fond of the company they tend to do some really cool stuff
1: they do they do and the designers are really good too we've got Bruno Cathala And Ludovic Montblanc as well, so Mm. some serious pedigree going into this one.
0: This is a co-op game, uh, and surprisingly enough, the one of us to learn the rules for this has been the one in the group who actually proactively dislikes co-op games.
2: To be fair, there's several reasons for this. One, when I volunteered to learn the rules, I didn't know it was (laughs) co-op. Not that much. (laughs) And two, as anyone that's listened to this before knows, I'm a big history buff. And obviously the Titanic is a very sad event. And uh, I do know quite a lot about it. I've read up on it. So I was quite interested in doing it. So SOS Titanic is quite interesting. It's a game in which obviously you win by saving as many passengers as you can. That is, that is the goal. But um, it takes that and mixes it with solitaire or I believe patience. Is that how they call the game in the US? So the Titanic has six different decks which have different compartments. So on the lower deck... Uh, there are three compartments that can get flooded before that deck will be closed off to passengers or they'll die. Um, now underneath each deck you line up the passengers which act as the playing cards would in solitaire. Each passenger has a number. Uh, that number varies depending on which class they're in. So there's purple with passengers which are the first class which go from 1 to 13. And then you have the yellow which is the second and third class passengers which go up to 17. During your turn, each player can do three different actions. Uh, One of them is unlimited in which you can move any uh, passenger to another deck or to the lifeboats. You can do that as many times as you want, as many times as you can based on the numbers. So every time you move the passenger, say a number 12 onto a 13 and then turn the card over, if you could then play that, you can then move that around as many times as you want. Those are optional moves. The second thing you can do is an action card. Everyone will start off with an action card and you will gain more as the turn goes on. These do various things from allow you to look through the passenger deck to move more passengers around um, or to gain other action cards. Various abilities that is something you have to do. The only other thing you can do instead of that is to rescue passengers. Now depending on which of the crew member you are playing depends on how many cards you can draw from the passenger deck. This you then have to If you can, play one. It doesn't matter how many you can play, you must play one passenger either into a lifeboat or onto the Titanic itself and the other cards are discarded. If you can't do that at all, then you draw an action card and you discard all the cards that you couldn't draw. This might sound okay, but the more you discard cards, the bigger that pile gets. If you have to reshuffle the passenger deck, you speed up the Titanic sinking. (laughs) So it really is a bit of a balance to try and find those lifeboats get them up, they essentially play the aces, and get all the passengers off the ship as soon as you can. Now, the thing I like most about this game, and this really tickled me in a sort of sombre way, is that it actually gives you the score that the original Titanic crew would have got based on their performance on the amount of people they actually saved. So we have to get a score higher than 19, which is just under a third of the passengers on the board. You score by the highest point passenger per lifeboat you get. Now as that's going in uh, ascending order, you know, the more passengers you save, the higher score will be. If, by some fluke, you save everybody, you get bonus points based on what stage the Titanic got to in its sinking progress, based on the number on the page in the booklet, and also by the amount of anchors on uh, the passengers. This seems quite difficult though, because if you don't save everybody, you don't get those points at all, so you're either going to end up with a really high score, or probably a low to middling.
0: Sounds good. The game looks fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very strange that so we've got this spiral-bound board yeah. essentially.
3: Yeah, which is is not. It's a booklet that doubles as the board, and it's really nice artwork. But it, it's functional, and yet it's also as we turn the pages and the boat is slowly sinking, we we actually see that through the images, and we get the time as well. What stage it would have been at, which. I'm hoping it's historically accurate, um, I imagine it would have been too difficult for them to find that out.
1: It's really um, nice as well, little details to keep it nice and accurate, like the boat breaking in two mm. as well, you know, it's just... The person who's designed this really does know the minute by minute they've bothered to take the time to learn that and apply it. I can't help but think that the artist that had to do this must have had a very strict
2: mandate of what they were putting together.
0: I can imagine that, yes.
2: That extends into the crew cards as well, where they have the original officers and the captain at the lookout. They're all the actual, you know, original crew members you are playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first officer, everything. And the the artwork is is fantastic for all their portraits.
1: It'd be interesting to see if that travels through the event deck as well. You know, are we going to get things like the band plays on and stuff like that show up? It'd be interesting.
0: Lovely insert, absolutely delightful insert. Love the artwork, it looks so, so damn gorgeous.
3: Yeah, very nice. Yeah,
2: uh, inside it has the uh, the back of the passenger cards, which are done as a white star line boarding pass. <laughs> really, nice. really lovely uh, tribute to the event there.
0: Uh, that, the production is very typical of Ludonaut. Uh, every single game that they have produced is It has fantastic attention to detail. Lovely, lovely artwork. And some very nice quirky little details. Uh, The the only thing I reckon is the cards, although the quality of the cards is all right, and they are laminated, but the format is going to make finding sleeves next to impossible.
2: Yeah, they're not the standard card size. They're more like um, business cards
0: even longer than business cards. So it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be possible. So I wonder how they will fare with heavy uh, gaming.
3: Yeah, and this is the kind of game that you will be... Well, you're going to be shuffling around the cards quite a bit. So... I wouldn't normally defend this,
1: obviously. I really detest any game where cards can become marked. But at least this isn't a competitive game like that. You are all on the same side. It's Mm -hmm. cooperative, Maybe you'll know which a card is after it gets a bit battered it's up to you whether you think that's an unfair advantage or not, but it's not going to give a single player an advantage in I'm going to win this game because I have that knowledge and other people don't so it's slightly different when it comes to cooperative games it's up to you whether you feel that that risk's there or not
0: no, yeah yeah i don't I mean it's not going to affect the gameplay, but I just want my games to last forever. <laughs>
1: that's, that's all you say you love Ludenaut and then you begrudge them more sales it's <laughs> disgusting baby. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh,
0: the, the only thing again the cars are laminated so this is going to withstand a, a fair amount of fingering indeed
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, indeed. they're they not were. just laminated they're, they're, they're sort of they're like textured um, yeah as well. they're slightly matte yeah but that's so not not the, it has grip. a little bit of well,
0: plastic yeah. Text of plastic sheeting on It helps them
3: not stick together. Um, mm. a bit so nicer I mean, they, they
0: will last. It's just a pity because I, my freak, freaky, cowardly person would love to sleep these things just to make sure that my grand, great grandchildren are going to have this game in a dystopian
2: play. world. Paco, your your body would have ground down. Your bones would have gone into dust, but your board games so they'd still be there in perfect <laughs> condition. That's
0: exactly it. Yes, yes. you know just to amuse archaeologists in the next 4,000 years
1: so I guess that just leaves us to work out do we do better than history or do we have to go down with the ship
0: let's find out
2: We, we have changed history. Yeah. For, for a start, all the second-class passengers got off the ship, before the first-class passengers, and, uh, and they all survived. Um, so what did you think, guys?
0: I love it.
3: It's great. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought Paco was going to expand on that a bit more, but I'll jump in as well. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. It's, um, maybe not with us, but it's generally a nice, relaxed co-op game um that that yeah it's it's fairly straightforward we did notice with the crew some of their abilities are better than others did you actually use yours at all michael yeah yeah i got to use mine
1: once but the the main difference is in the number of cards they draw when they haven't got an action card and a lot of them are up in the fives and sixes we've got a four in there i had three When you're drawing three cards, that's not a lot of chance of finding a card you're going to be able to place on one of the existing stacks. And we were actually really lucky. We had an awful lot of stacks open a lot of the time. And, you know, very much like playing solitaire anyway. That gives you a huge advantage in moving forward. But if you're going to play this literally as a solitaire game, if you had that character as yours, you ain't going to go very far very fast at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, mine... Mine would probably have been better in Solitaire, but because it was a first-time player, I think I didn't really quite twig with his ability so much. He needed to get three anchor characters in a row. By the time I was really trying for that, we were halfway through, so I'd lost a lot of his power in uh, getting some action cards myself and not starting with any. So it could be really powerful, but first-time play, a bit awkward, didn't get a full run of him until the end.
0: And there, and there was a synergy between your character and mine that we didn't use because yeah. I could have used my ability to find more anchors that would have given you more, more action cards. So th- there is obviously, I think there is an element of synergy within the cards that has to be explored that obviously we haven't really even scratched the scratched surface on. Uh, but it does very well. Hmm. Um,
1: As a gamer's version of Solitaire, it's genius. It does it amazingly. I mean, I probably wouldn't say play it solitaire, play with one character, but where it's perfect information anyway, play it solitaire with three or four characters in front of you and what the hell, enjoy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I I quite enjoy solitaire, which is a bit of an odd thing for me, I suppose. But it it is a game I I spent quite a lot of time as a teenager playing for some bizarre reason. So uh, playing this with a Titanic history theme and a few added abilities on top was was actually quite nice and as a co-op it works quite well Um, can i have that again please (laughs) i quite enjoyed it as a (laughs) co-op michael will be cutting that clip out using it as his ringtone on his phone (laughs) (laughs) i'm still hearing but i'm not believing
0: (laughs) the the game has also a couple of uh, thematic things that for me really worked very well like when you flip the the card and you lose a line, people crumbling into the remaining bits of the of, of the boat onto
2: the next deck.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, the fact that those
1: upwards. the fact that those people mingle and get shuffled together, and you lose whatever order you had between that. The that's capes, really quite
2: cute. Yeah, yeah really nice idea.
3: We were lucky we didn't see that in this game. That, that would well, obviously make things a little bit more difficult. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I think we did once, but we'd already cleared like the deck, so it didn't matter. They just simply yeah, decks.
3: Yeah, we didn't have them mingle together. A couple the,
2: of the other I thing I like about it is, is that the amount of compartments as the, as the game goes on per deck shrinks. So you get three on the sort of the lowest deck, then three, then two, then two, then one, then not, obviously, as the ship is sinking. So although although it seems like you have more time as you get to the end there is a potential if you're not if you're not ahead of the curve and you fail a couple of times you can be in a lot of trouble towards the end of the game but
3: yeah if you're not doing well uh, the game will punish you for that
1: <laughs> it's a co-op that max likes it's got a clock mechanism that max likes and this spiral bound book definitely doesn't lay flat on the table and he's not complaining
0: this game well, it does. Absolute, it's a living miracle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can
2: you not see the scars around my
0: chin where I've <laughs> stolen his face?
2: <laughs> well, the thing is, I can't find. I may not love the game. I do like it. I may not love it, but I can't really find anything wrong with it. Mm. Which is normally my area in this podcast. We've sort of, we've sort of set that in, in concrete boots. And I, I really can't see a lot, uh, a lot wrong with it. It works for. It seems to work for many players, either solo upwards. Um, thematically it works brilliantly the game is basically off of a tried and tested game solitaire it's really there's really not a lot to complain about they
1: beautifully blended in the action cards as well that's yeah. really nice and
2: um, yeah and uh, and although we we did as quite hardcore gamers think quite seriously we uh we found it a bit easy but there are there are expert variants that we can try as well where you put down more passengers at first um, which makes it a lot harder per, per deck. So, you know, it does have that added challenge if, uh, if you find it too easy. Um,
0: How many gamers approve of this game? I approve. I approve.
3: Yeah. yeah. Amazingly, yes. Four out of four gamers approve of this game.
0: Thank you for listening. Your hosts for this podcast have been Paco, Michael and Max. This podcast has been produced by Michael Chamberlain and with help from Paco Rocio. The music and composed by Kev Ansett. We would love to hear from you. Feedback and your questions are always welcome and you can email us at podcastgmsmagazine.com You can also follow us on Twitter, we are at gmsmagazine, and we are on Facebook and Google Plus and I'll be more than happy to talk to you. Remember to subscribe to the GMS Magazine podcast channel in iTunes and please do give us a review on a rating, which is truly really appreciated. For more quality shows, listen to our other rooms, like the RPG room, the board game room and the interview rooms. But until next time, let the games continue. It's 1912, things have gone
2: wrong.